It'll be fine on the mountain From How to Barbecue Right Studios in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. So, Matt, tell me a little bit about the uh, the music this morning. Derek, we wanted to pick out what music would sound really good above 80 decibels. <laughs> <laughs> what music we thought would sound pretty good above 80 decibels. Above 75. Actually, 75. Oh, 75? 75. Oh, 75. man. I can't wait to hear more about this. So, we wanted to play a little music that would sound good above 75 decibels, and uh, we thought that'd be a good one to uh, sit down on the porch and enjoy. So, a little Eric Church for you this morning. Uh, a lot Very of our nice. podcast, yeah, a lot of our podcast listeners enjoy him. Probably have him on their uh, Spotify playlist, so... Uh, Again, we just wanted to play something that would sound good above 75 decibels, which is probably less than some people listen to our podcast. Well, that may be true. And some people, because, you know, that's just kind of how they have to turn it up to hear what they want to hear. And other people, they like listening to that loud. They just, they just like things. Or maybe they're hard of hearing. I mean, it could, it could, be, it could be one of three things. Uh, We're do, addressing all that on this show. Well, we'll be getting to that. Uh, we are taping on a Thursday. Uh, taping on a Thursday, having to do it one day early. So we will be missing some great volleyball action tonight that we can preview as talking about that when we get to sports. But uh, also missing, uh, Matt, a wonderful concert tonight that we have not yet talked about, or I guess not yet previewed. Uh, so go ahead and tell us about what's happening tonight on The Square. Tonight, Twin Soul is going to be part of the hometown headliners. Uh, again, once you hear our show, uh, it will be we'll have one more left. Pam and Terry, which I'm sure are very nice people. I mean, I think they probably looked. Hey, let's create a gen- as generic a band name as we can. What well, should we do? Well, your name's Pam and your name's Terry. Let's just call it Pam and Terry. So I'm sure I'm sure they're great. Though. Oh, I, I, I bet they are. You know what? I wonder what the decibel level is in Pam and Terry. I mean, it'd be kind of like if you had Cher and Madonna playing okay. together, right? Just Hang on, one Pam of them's probably a guy. One of them's probably a guy. <laughs> Which one? No, okay, Terry's going to be the I'm guy. Most, or is oh, this Jerry? Should... Is that a J? No, that's a T. Pam and Terry next Thursday will be the final hometown headliners. Probably going to be a little chilly tonight. Oh, it's going to feel for the, great. Yeah, yeah it's going to feel good. Right. Might be a night to you know, put on a Patagonia. Oh, can't support them anymore. Uh, put on a North Face or something like that uh, to move on. Do you, uh, you think the county allows bonfires on the, on the courthouse hall? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, you go ahead and try it. You, no, you try no, it. I'm going to say probably not. <laughs> as many times as we have, we have had court, courthouse fires as part of our oh, DeSoto County we're on, four, we're on number four. Yeah. We, so we, we probably did. Yeah. yeah, probably didn't stay away we're from gonna the We're going to keep the fires away yeah. from the lawns for real. If a bonfire is something you'd like to do outside of your backyard and you're looking for a new home for that this winter, you definitely want to reach out to our 2021 presenting sponsor, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch is the number one real estate team when it comes to residential real estate in DeSoto County by far. They are our 2021 presenting sponsor and they are currently offering a free, no obligation market analysis. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available whenever you need them. All Brian and Terry need is your address. Send them your address and they will give you a free, no obligation market analysis. Tell you the value of your home. What's going on in your neighborhood? What's going on in your zip code? How fast homes are selling? How fast homes are closing? They know it when it comes to residential real estate in DeSoto County. Give Brian and Terry a call at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or call Brian's cell phone, 901-461-7653. That's 901-461-SOL. S-O-L-D. If you're in the market to buy or sell residential real estate right now, why not go with the best? And the best in DeSoto County is Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Find more information about them at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. Well, Derek, a lot of times if you're having a bonfire out back, having a bonfire in the backyard with the kids, you probably got a smoker or probably got a barbecue grill nearby. And if you're wanting to take your backyard to the next level when it comes to barbecuing, you definitely want to look into our 2021 studio sponsor, the How to Barbecue Right Shop. How to Barbecue Right Shop is located right here in Hernando. This store has everything a person needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. Rubs, sauces, thermometers, cast iron, cutting boards, knives, or a really cool high-end smoker, 
Malcolm Shop is your place to go. If you've ever seen his How to Barbecue Right cooking videos, you need to stop by his shop today. You can call him at 662-912-9947. Find him on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm Shop. Find his website, howtobbqright.com. But the best thing to do is to visit the How to Barbecue Right shop located at 496 Whitfield Drive right here under the water tower. Derek, we make jokes about it, of course. We, uh, we definitely you know, joke around a little bit about the, uh, the thing that we're going to talk about here shortly, the uh, noise ordinance that uh, has now been put into place here in the city of Fernando. But Derek, Corey Osselton was not going to be outdone by the city of, uh, of Fernando. Oh, he no, was going no, no. to release the awesome new plans, not the plans necessarily, but announce what you and I have known for quite a while, that a new Hernando High School was coming. A new Hernando High School will be constructed. I believe, Derek, the start of that will start pretty soon. But the first class, this fall, but the first class will be the class of 2026, which means everything will switch up in August 2025 for the start of that school year. So if you're hearing my voice, don't freak out right now about what Derek's about to say. There's going to be some moving parts, some moving things, new schools that people are going to be moving to, not new physical schools, only one new physical school. But there will be some changes, really big changes in the city of Hernando. Derek, give us an update. Hernando High School coming soon. It's coming soon. So this, uh, as you mentioned, the, the construction of the new high school, which will be located at the southeast corner of Pleasant Hill and Mackinville Road. So yep. southeast corner of Pleasant Hill and Mackinville. This will be pro- approximately a mile or so north of 69, 269, excuse me, going north toward Pleasant Hill. It's going to be right there, 93 acres. It will be a full campus, uh, obviously classrooms, uh, ball fields, that sort of thing. And that will be, again, open, as you mentioned, uh, August of 2025. So they're looking at about a three and a half year construction time period turning everything around and getting it ready uh, so nothing happens until then right now it is still going as you know as it does so once the class of 2025 graduates which is you know your son uh, will be graduating in that class will be the last class at the current high school mm-hmm. everything will shift in August of 25 to the new school and it will mean other changes for the other schools now as part of this there's some key points there's no increase in property taxes for this yep. uh, they, they remember the and we talked about this that the supervisors released the budget for the next year with uh, no tax increase and they are starting on the, on the project this year the next is that the new high school as I said where it will be mentioned and it will be the full nine th- grades 9 through 12 just like it is at the current high school uh the current high school then will turn into the hernando middle school so all the the middle school kids will move from the current middle school to the uh, current high school now we're not going to read about where all the schools are at this time. We'll, we'll you know, hopefully we'll still be on this podcast four uh, years from now. Hopefully we won't still be doing this podcast <laughs> because our ship has come in. But uh, yeah, no sense in going through that right now because Lord knows. Uh, do you think this will probably be on Hernando Happenings between the next three years? I, I would say yes, <laughs> and, and <laughs> just a matter of then then they'll ask him for the traffic and more stoplights and uh, you know more uh, cops to be directing the traffic. Yeah, exactly. A lot, a lot of stuff, a lot of complaints. But uh, we do want to mention that some of the uh, great things that went into this planning, you know, now obviously the new high school is going to have plenty of room. It'll be set up for decades to come. But what, what's so key about what when they were lo- re- looking at all this, by moving the middle school to the high school, you're moving three grades, uh, sixth through eighth, to a school that just had 10 new classrooms added fit to uh, suit four grades. You know, there's plenty of room for expansion when you're moving three classes to four. So that's set up now for a couple of decades of growth that will be allowed. I mean, you can have a whole another three to 400 students come in you know, per grade to be able to fill that up completely before you may have to look to expand again. And they're also doing that, taking it from the uh, intermediate school. So the uh, what's now at Oak Grove will be moving into the middle school. So now you're taking fourth and fifth moving that into a school you know, a school setup that's for sixth through eighth. So that's two going into where three grades currently are. And so, again, there's a lot of um, built-in thought to already having the buildings in place for further expansion for the lower grades and being able to build the new high school to fit expansion, you know, for the next two decades because of uh, they know what's coming. So just a really, really good, well thought out by the supervisors, by the school board, and everybody that, that had this, you know, plan going forward. I think DCS has done an excellent job realizing the next census for the city of Fernando may be into the 20s. So that definitely a really good job by them. Just uh, planning for that, uh, like you said, Derek, where there's right now four grades, will soon be three grades, and that's in multiple places. Just a really, really, really good job. So go look at the new plans for the city of Fernando when it comes to the schools. Uh, that's going to be on the DeSoto County Schools website. So be sure and go and look on that. We're not going to go through that here on the podcast. We're going to encourage you to support those people and go click on their link and uh, take a look at that. But just some really, really neat things for the next 
you know, one or two generations of Fernando students, the next 25 to 35 years of growth here in the city of Fernando uh, seems to be well taking place uh, when it comes to the move. So great job by them. Well, like, like we continue to tease and talk about, we're going to talk about the Alderman meeting this past Tuesday, the second Alderman meeting in the city of Fernando took place right here under the water tower. And they did make a big, big change here in the city. Something that's coming. I think Derek, they said 30 days. They have to kind of advertise it and those type things, maybe even have a public discussion. I don't know, but 30 days from now, it's going to be in place. But Derek, fill us in on a few other things that took place before we got there. All right, so uh, as you mentioned, the Hernando Alderman meeting this past Tuesday lasted two hours and 20 minutes. The last hour focused on the Norris Ordinance uh, that Stephen mentioned in our interview on Tuesday's podcast and that we've, of course, discussed over the last month or so. But before we get to that discussion, there were, were other items to briefly look at, and I wanted to start with Phase 6 of Montclair. This was the second item in the planning uh, section of the agenda. Phase 6 of Montclair was approved for 36 lots and one common open space. Uh, the lot sizes will range from 14,700 to 58,500, but most of them averaging around the 15,000 to 21,000 square foot range. House minimums are 1,800 to 2,400, depending on what section that you're in. But the main part of the discussion on this, I mean, other than the um, interim planning director kind of, you know, presenting it, was there was a discussion on future amenities that are built, that are part of the subdivision and when they will be built. Now, these are pretty significant amenities that will be added that are part of the approval back when it was done in the 0405 time frame and since this is not the last phase it does not have to be built now but the mayor did mention that he is aware of these amenities that you know he was obviously mayor for 12 years before when this was you know really getting started when phases maybe two through five or two through four were being done and so he did mention that hey what about these amenities? How do we do that? And the interim planning director said, at any time, you can require that. I mean, you could have required it as part of the approval on Tuesday night. They did not. But I would venture to say that when the next phase is being talked about or submitted to the city, that you probably will see the city ask to go ahead and add those amenities. So if I was the developer and the developer in that project, I would have paid attention to Tuesday night. Those things were brought up whenever this first happened. And like you said, in 04, 05, some pretty neat amenities were part of that approval. And uh, that may have been kind of a, uh, hey, sure, we're going to let you build six. But before we build seven, we're going to make exactly what was proposed in 04 and 05 happen. So I think that's what I would be paying attention to. Yeah. And with the uh, speed as to which these lots are going, I mean, the inventory is going very, very quickly. I would venture to say that probably these 36 lots have already spoken for for this development. That means that the next phase will be in the next four years. So I encourage the Board of Aldermen to research that original PUD when it was approved and to see what those amenities are and uh, just uh, to make them aware that I don't know how many more phases are left. I know there's some undeveloped, uh, undeveloped land still left, but just go and, t- and try to research that and you know just be knowledgeable of that when the next phase is requested. Uh, next was the Crew of Hernando, the Crew Boo Fun Run. Uh, it was approved. We talked about this, and we'll talk about more in our shout-outs that we do here later on in the show. But it was approved. The only caveat was Andrew Miller wanted to make sure that the proposed route, that the residences on that path are notified. Uh, of course, the crew, you know, being part of the crew, we said that, yes, we would we'll notify those people. We do want it to go forward. And so, um, again, you'll hear more about that in our weekly shout-outs. Do you think we could maybe, since all the trees are gone around the track, like sometime during before the race, we could just take a megaphone and announce to the uh, a town crier, a town crier. We a could do a crier. town crier thing. We could do it. We could do a John crier and uh, announce to the neighbors. Because again, there's no trees. There's no, no muffle. I mean, it's no wide trees. open. Yeah. Just one big thing. Hear ye, hear ye type thing with a big scroll. We'll even get a big scroll. <laughs> just read yeah. it out. Yeah, just read it out. This is a big scroll and go ahead and re- read it. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe, you know, Gia, part of the Dickens on the Square will have sure. that. I'd okay. love to see that. I'd love to see a town crier. So you and I could probably do some type of a, we could probably make yeah. an appearance as some type of a town crier thing. Oh, yeah. Because you, I've seen some of the, sometimes you never know what kind of costume you're going to come up with. Oh, yeah. So I bet there's some type of a town crier type thing in there somewhere in your closet. As, as we get close to Halloween, man, I, I'm, I may be. <laughs> I may be doing three Halloween costumes this year for three different I'm really events. scared. Yeah. Well, don't forget, we have to do one of the shows in costume like we did last yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds awesome. Remember, I couldn't have my mask on. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah, you could do it with the mask on. Uh, the next was the soccer fields. Uh, now, we mentioned there was back-to-back-to-back. Now, actually, there was four things on there, but there were three back-to-back-to-back. Uh, all three of those were passed, the first two being they did approve ryegrass for the winter. They did approve the concessions vendor uh, for the fall and spring seasons at the soccer fields. But the last one was something pretty interesting. They did set rates 
to be charged for other teams that want to use this. Now, these rates will only be charged to other competitive teams looking to use that. So no rec teams will be charged. So if your rec team wanted to pick up an extra oh, practice, okay. they're not going to charge rec teams. Only competitive teams that want to use our soccer fields will be charged this rate for the uh, for the field. So I thought that was very nice, very well done to uh, make sure that you know people that are just playing rec of ball want to go out there can do that. Next on the agenda, there was a proposal to upgrade the proposed 8-inch water line on Green Tea Road to a 12-inch water line. So the owner of the field house, remember, he had asked the city to help him with that. The city said, no, we don't typically do that for developers. Well, he has to have it anyway. So he's putting in an 8-inch line to the property. Well, the city in talking said, hey, look, we know that we're going to need a 12-inch line for some stuff that is probably coming out there. And while he's already digging in the ground, he's paying 100% for that 8-inch line. Right, sure. But if we could pay the difference for some of that 8-inch line to be 12-inch line in certain spots – why wouldn't we go ahead and kind of partner with him? And now, and again, I, I say that loosely because a city cannot partner of with course, a private company. Course, but yeah. can we get some kind of you know help that if it's already in the ground, well, why, can we just go ahead and put 12-inch line where he was already going to pay to put an 8-inch line? And so they were kind of discussed the legality of that. How would you do that? I mean, a city cannot write a private person a check saying, hey, here's the difference to put in a 12-inch line. Of course. So there would be something that has to be done. So they're going to look into it. That ultimately, what came into it, what can the city attorney look into how that can be done legally? Uh, but they are very interested to take some of those sections, make them 12-inch lines because of what's coming so they don't have to go in there a couple of years from now and redig, which will be at least two to three times the cost. $86,000 is approximately what it would take to you know, transfer some of that from an 8-inch line to a 12-inch line. So very you know, good. Good forethought for the future. Sure. Um, and uh, so, again, I hope that they are able to do it legally because I think it would save the city money here in the next you know, budget years and upcoming years by going ahead and having it put in now. Couldn't agree more. I mean, what uh, Greg Drumright and them are doing out of the field house, Greg has absolutely jumped in with both feet and invested in the field house. If you haven't gone by and seen that project, it's coming along. Uh, just a, It's going to be an awesome project. It's going to be it's going to be a really, really neat project. Baseball, basketball, volleyball, cheer. It is definitely an investment in young people for the next couple of decades. So, you know, very very wise on the city to say, hey, a water line's got to go there. Um, how can we make it the best or the largest that it can be? So good job. And, uh, again, they have to have an answer probably within the next month. The, they're shooting to have the field house open Thanksgiving-ish. Right. And so, again, the, that water line will be put in, so they, they need to look at that. Hopefully have an answer from the city attorney in the next meeting or so. Sure. The last thing before the city noise ordinance was the soccer parking lot discussion. Now, this is separate from the other three things we mentioned. The city is actually looking to have the city engineer to get estimates on what it would take to get the parking lot up to city code. There's some curves involved. There's some, you know, how, how's the flow going to be? You know, the right type of asphalt that's allowed, uh, the striping, the number of parking spots, all that has to be considered. So they, he's going to get estimates as to what it cost. Now, uh, as part of the Hernando Soccer Association, I had some information that where we had quoted not up to technically code. It was more, hey, how much would it cost to asphalt certain sections? Uh, I did give that to the uh, alderman that night. I did say, hey, look, here's the, we broke up into five sections. Here is the cost just for the asphalt of those five sections. Um, and, you know, now it technically would not have been code, but, you know, if we would have had the money to fund it then, we would have gone to the city and said, hey, can we have a variance for this? Because we really just need to get, I mean, if, if you've driven out the soccer fields, they run out every year. It gets really bad in some areas. And just to prevent further erosion was all we were really trying to do. But we weren't able to do it, so now they're going to look to do it. So I gave all the information that Hernandez Soccer Association had four or five years ago, turned it into them at the meeting. Hopefully it can help them do that. But I'm very happy to see that they're looking to do this. Now, it may come back with an astronomical figure. We don't know yet, but I uh, look forward to seeing what that figure comes in and if there may be some movement in getting that done in the next year or so. Well, the fields are so nice. I mean, I, I go out there once a week to practice with my daughter. We go out, we play on Saturdays. Obviously out there a lot with my son. Uh, soccer's a, a growing sport, a busy sport. Um, and it's time because the fields are very, very nice. And the only thing lacking out there the, is going to be the parking lot. So it's time to take a look at that, take the next step and get that done out there. Because if you ever go out there regularly, it's tough. It's, I mean, you know, South Haven just finished their soccer stuff there at Snowden. And of course that's different. You know, it's time for Hernando to go ahead and let's move forward with a plan to get this nicer, safer, better. So uh, looking forward to that and good job by the board. All right. And that gets us to the final 
topic on the agenda, the city noise ordinance. <laughs> well, I, look, you and I continue to joke around about it. This is a big deal in our city that anything like this is happening. So, Well, we've been here since 1837 and right. had no noise ordinance. Right. So, yeah. I mean, exactly. it, it's a it's a huge deal. Something that should have been done probably years ago. I mean, we, we know that South Haven and Olive Branch did it early 90s, uh, which were some of the, the uh, cities that were looked at in putting ours together or the city attorney using it to get uh, input for ours. So, yeah, it's a huge deal. Absolutely huge deal. So, um, I mean, they, they went right into it. Again, it was, a good, it was over an hour, I think. Uh, started about 7.15. The meeting ended about 8.20, so about an hour and five-minute conversation. A lot of good information. Uh, the, the business owner was there this time, was able to rebut some of the uh, accusations that were made uh, toward uh, them. And I thought they handled themselves pretty well. Um, there was not really a lot of back and forth uh, from that. I think that he just addressed what had been said before uh, on the air. Or it was, I guess, husband and wife. Uh, yes. Husband and wife team were there kind of uh, rebutting that. So that that was the majority, I guess, of the public comment. Right. Before we got started, before they got started on Tuesday night, I think the mayor did a really good job saying, hey, guys, if you're coming up here to say the same thing y'all said two weeks ago, he did. please don't. We've already heard it. It's on public record. I thought that was – I was glad he said that to start the public speaking portion of the, the meeting. Um, you know, they did give uh, Terry Taylor, is, is the gentleman's name, they gave Terry and his wife a bit more time than, than three minutes to kind of rebut what was well, that, said. It stuff. was their first time. It was their first yeah, time talking yeah, about it, it and stuff. Time. Yeah, so go ahead. But no, he did a great job. And, of course, the city attorney basically outlined what he had written. So he put it out there. This is what I've written. Right. There was some back and forth, like the board asking him questions at the beginning. And we're going to, I mean, if you want to see it, again, it's on YouTube. Go back about the, I would say, the one hour and 15-minute mark. Start watching there. You can watch the rest of it if you want to get the full detail. However, we were given a copy of the uh, noise ordinance after the, amend- after the amendments were put in, as it was approved. And there's some things that uh, we want to highlight today that I don't think definitely were not mentioned during the meeting. Now, I'm not saying they were trying to do anything nefarious, trying to do something under the table. It's just that these were not, I guess, the, the hot topics of why this was brought forward. So a couple of, of definitions. Uh, people that are wanting to know, outdoor entertainment means live or pre-recorded music or broadcast presented at higher sound levels intended as entertainment in an outdoor environment such as the sound source and or audience outside of a building. They set that level at 75 decibels. So 75 decibels is what now they, the attorney presented it as to anywhere from 65 to 85. The board picked 75. It was approved at 75. Outdoor music venue means a commercial property where sound equipment is used to amplify sound that is not fully enclosed by permanent solid walls and a roof. Now, I say that because we want to make sure indoor music has different uh, codes. So, like, and we'll get to that in just a second, what it means for indoor music, and that meant whether it be your house, whether it be at a venue, what that means. So, now, Matt, I wanted, these are the, some of the things I wanted to discuss today besides what the final approval said was specific unlawful noises. Now, these are okay. things that were not mentioned that are in the other, you know, they were in, he pulled Startville, Oxford, South Haven, Olive Branch, and I think I'm missing one. Franklin, Tennessee. Franklin, Tennessee. He looked it. at a little bit of Franklin, Tennessee. And so these were probably some of the stuff that he just pulled, put in here that didn't have a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of argument, but any noise made by the motor of an automobile, truck, tractor, or motorcycle to be that as to be plainly audible or causing a vibration outside of the vehicle heard or felt from the public street or sidewalk at a distance of 30 feet. Okay. So if you're, if you decide that you want to spend a couple thousand dollars on your speaker system and you decide that you get stuck at a red light or you get decide that you're going to park in Walmart and play that, you know, you can be sure. within 30 problem. feet, yeah. you can be outside the noise ordinance and that sort of thing. So just I want to make people aware of that. And, and this is a big deal here. I mean, you know, we're in the South and, you know, a lot of young men, I say young men, I shouldn't say just young men, but a lot of uh, young people, let's just say 15, 16 to 25, uh, like to, um, let's just say, jazz up their muffler system yeah. a bit. So uh, want to put pipes on their truck. And you're telling me, from what I can tell, uh, that the city of Fernando would be taking a higher uh, – well, they, they can be called. They can uh, be they called. Can, yes. They can be issued a warning, and then maybe go from there. And we'll we'll, we'll talk about the penalties at the end. But th- those that can be done. Also, if you spin or squeal your tires constantly, okay. you uh, if they could find you, they can catch you. That they could, you know, you could be somebody could call you if you irritated them enough. Can you get away with having pipes and having loud music, or having pipes at least if you put a an American flag on the back or a rubber duck on top? <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you get the rubber duck? Yeah, do you get the rubber duck? Yeah, you get the rubber duck uh, you know, do you get a pass for having a rubber duck on the top of the truck? You know, I'm, I'm gonna say that people probably, you know, would, would probably say, you know what, I really want to call it on that guy, but he's got a rubber duck on I his know, truck. I'm gonna let him go. I'm gonna let him go. <laughs> yeah, look at that guy's got a rubber duck, and somebody and everybody says, "What'd you say?" So, anyway, go ahead. All right, next, yelling, shouting, hooting, whistling, singing, or blowing of horns on the public street as to annoy or disturb the quiet, comfort, or repose of persons in any office or in any dwelling, hotel, motel, apartment, or other type of residence, business, or facility, or of any persons in the vicinity. So, you know, I, I would hope this wouldn't be abused, but yeah, if you start yelling, if you're having a loud argument or something, they can call you now. You better not be hooting too loud. Uh, like, <laughs> you know, poor, poor Darius Rucker. Like, I mean, I mean, seriously. I mean, he's just I hooting. I mean, seriously. Like, he I mean, can't, he'll never perform here. He'll never, ever, ever. Can't, can't have loud music outside, and you can't hoot. Right. He can't. If you can't hoot, I mean, he, he, Darius Rucker cannot play at 74 decibels. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, come on. All right, and so now let's you know again. So some of this we're saying tug and cheat. Some of it's, you know, some of it is actually in, in the yes, in the it's code. in the thing. Sorry, we'll take it serious. Next, the operation between the hours of nine p.m. and six a.m. of any kind of pile driver, steam shovel, pneumatic hammer, et cetera, et cetera. So any kind of you know large power equipment cannot be used between nine p.m. and six a.m. The use of between the hours of 9 p.m. and 6 a.m. of any power saw, power plant, or other power tool. So even recreational power saws and stuff like that. If, it's, if you've got it in your driveway, if it's after 9 p.m. you're trying to cut up some boards or something, they can call it on you. It's they, an issue, yes. Yeah, they can't have the cops sent to look at that. Again, I, I usually put up my power saw about 8.55. About, about 8.55. Yeah, yeah. Once, it, once it gets dark, I, I put my, <laughs> my power saw. You don't watch your fingers? Exactly. Good gracious. Um, now, again, we're not going through every one of them. The last two. Uh, under the you know other things that were not mentioned that night, the keeping of any animal, bird, or fowl, which by causing frequent or long continued noise shall disturb the comfort or repose of persons in the vicinity, including the habitual barking of any dog, dogs, or sound made by other permitted pets or domesticated animals. So, if you have somebody, and I, we've seen this before in Hernando happenings, somebody lives next to you that their dog is constantly barking. Now, before you may have, you may have called the police, they may have come over and said, "Hey, can you do something about your dog?" But that's really all they could say. Now there's some teeth behind it. If it's something, if you've got a call on the third night, the fourth night, you can't sleep because of a barking dog. You do have a code now that the police will go out there and can and try to handle that situation for you. So. I mean, that's something that we should have had that's, before. Yeah, that's a big deal. Uh, and the last one uh, under this, this section, any noise emitted from radio, tape player, tape recorder, record player, boombox, when such noise is audible to a person or normal hearing sensitive, excuse me, a person of normal hearing sensitivity 100 feet from said radio, tape player, tape recorder, record player, television. Now, this may have been a bigger deal in the 80s when you're walking around got the boombox on your shoulder. Just public blaring. enemy, yes. Yeah, public enemy. When it's just blaring off your shoulder, you're, you know, whatever. I, I don't know of a lot of people doing boom boxes right now. I'm gonna be honest. Um, I, just, I, I could put. I seriously, if I put a boom box in front of my son right now, he wouldn't know what it was. <laughs> so he would but, not know what it was. And, and like the tape players, the tape recorders. I mean, I guess somebody could have a really loud television now, sure. like a sound bar or something, maybe. Right. But that would have to be really aggressive. But it is in there, so that that is something. There's a lot of things that are exempt. I'm not gonna read all of them, but basically, any government entity doing anything is exempt. So oh, imagine like, that, how that always works. That. So like a parade, a <laughs> uh, fireworks show, anything sanctioned by the city or county governments uh, is exempt from the noise ordinance. Um, and Or if you're having something that's non-amplified. So if you're just having a crowd gathering and the decibel level happens to get above 75 and they're just maybe cheering something or something like that. Marching. Marching. Uh, yeah, marching. Yeah, those, are, those are exempt. Um, of course, any kind of safety signals, stuff like that. So, again, a lot, there's a lot of exemptions in there. Uh, the one exemption that I did also want to mention, uh, besides the, the public, uh, the Board of Aldermen or the city or the county doing something, the use of public address systems at any ballpark, stadium, while an athletic contest is in progress therein. Is that this is exempt? It's exempt. Okay. School bands, school athletic, and school entertainment events, including practices from 7 a.m. to 12 midnight, Monday through Saturday, and 12 noon to 8 p.m. on Sunday are allowed. So okay. you can go to midnight on athletic contest. The speakers, the band, maybe, I don't know if they're shooting cannons afterwards, whatever, all that is allowed until midnight for athletic events. 
Which makes total sense. I mean, a lot of games, high school games nowadays, 10.30, 11 o'clock at night, um, the band. This is really in reference to – I mean, he, he, Stephen mentioned this on the show, on the interview uh, from last Tuesday. I encourage you to go listen to our interview with Stephen Pittman, the new city attorney from our last Tuesday show. Go listen to that. Learn a bit about Stephen. But he took a lot of stuff from Oxford, from Olive Branch, that type of stuff. So the Hernando High School Band uh, is, is, is good and certainly practices as hard as any band in the land, uh, period. They just do. So this fits them in to be an example because I'm going to tell you what, you and I live in a neighborhood that is very close to uh, the band field. Yeah. And Derek and I, we, we definitely know what the metronome sounds like oh, no, it's, in the last 10 years. Oh, the metronome. The metro, oh, look, <laughs> I've, I've actually stepped outside and just started marching myself, the metronome, uh, for real. But, I mean, you know, it makes sense. And I was joking. We, we say a lot of this tongue-in-cheek, like Derek was saying. We joke around a lot of stuff. But, you know, this is a government reach. Yeah, Not I mean, an overreach. I didn't say an overreach, no, but it, it is a, a reach. It's, it's a the reach. government saying uh, inside the city of Fernando addressing something that has not been addressed before, uh, and that's what an ordinance does. It says, "Hey, we're going to set some rules and boundaries um, that uh, we need to we need to abide by." So it's a big deal. And look, a lot of this could get boring, so we're trying to make it fun. But these are all, all actually written and Absolutely. wanted to make you aware of certain things, again, that we're not really focused on as this was being passed. Now, we will talk about officially what was passed. So what is now allowed, of basically, you know, mainly for the outdoor entertainment, is that it is going to be Monday through Thursday between the hours of 10 a.m. and 9 p.m. it is allowed. Outdoor entertainment is allowed on Friday and Saturdays between the hours of 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. And it is uh, allowed on Sunday between the hours of 1 p.m. and 9 p.m. It was originally written as 12. Uh, one of the aldermen said, hey, can we move that to 1 because some churches don't get out to 12. I don't really know of any events that really start at 12, but I mean, that could be something in the future. Go ahead and write it in, in, into the code. So now 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on, on uh, Sundays. The maximum decibel level, 75. And we talked about at the beginning of the show. You see it on our artwork. The maximum decibel level, 75, uh, is now what is allowed. And again, that was between Seven, uh, 65 and 85 was kind of what was presented by the city attorney. 75 is what was agreed upon. Derek, I'm reading from the University of Michigan. University of Michigan noise levels, okay, their website. 30 decibels, soft music or whisper. 40 decibels, average home noise. 60 decibels, normal conversation or background music. Right now, what we're doing right, right now, now. What we're doing right now. 70, office noise inside car at seven, 60 miles an hour. Here's the 75. This is what we just set up in the city of Hernando. 75 is going to be the average radio or a vacuum cleaner. Wow. 80 to 89, heavy traffic, window air conditioner, noisy restaurant, power lawnmower. 90 to 95, subway or shouted conversation. 96 to 100, boombox, ATV, or motorcycle. 101 to 105 is the typical volume decibel level, level at a school dance. <laughs> okay, keep it, keep it going real quick. I'm almost done. 106 to 115, chainsaw, leaf blower, snowmobile. Okay. 120 to 129, sports crowd, rock concert, or a loud symphony. 130 is going to be a stock car. Wow. All right, Derek, so real quick, police, fire, ambulances, what do they use? Sirens. Mm -hmm. From 100 feet away, a police siren is at 140 decibels. It is exempt. That's exempt, yes, it's but exempt. what I'm yeah. simply saying, I know, that's since we're starting to talk yeah. about it, yeah. Let me go ahead and say, now that I'm reading this and reading, reading a little bit more closer, reading it a little more uh, in-depth, uh, if you think what we're talking about is not going to fly past 75 decibels, that's wrong. Well, it is. And, uh, you know, again, this – and we'll it's get a to uh, we'll get to big ways around that yeah, in just okay. a second. Um, but I mean, I, maybe not the decibel level. We'll get to ways uh, to maybe counteract some of that. Right. You know, I think the main concern is, and I don't think it will. Obviously, it has in other cities. Is somebody getting petty and somebody going to cut the grass at seven in the morning, and now you're telling me that that's an, an eighty-five to ninety decibel level sure. violation, and somebody's saying, "Hey, man, this guy's cutting his grass." I'm trying to sleep in on a Saturday. Now, and maybe the guy's trying to get out of town or whatever. So I, I would hope that it doesn't come to that. You know, and, and I'm not saying maybe to go talk to your neighbors and, and just have a nice cordial conversation and, and say, hey, man, can we oh, do another time? Oh, you mean what got us into this point? Yeah, right. Yeah. Just what got us a noise ordinance in the first place? Um, but okay. I, 75 is low. I mean, 75 I, I, I was, is, you know, look, to I'm be gonna... honest, 85 is probably where it should be. 75 is low. But again, I do not live downtown. Right. I have not had that uh, over the last year or so having to deal with that but i think some of them were pushing for 65 which I've, that's tough 75 is tough Look, but it's done 65 is lisa loeb in the corner with a guitar okay <laughs> let's be lobe. honest with yeah with no no amplification 
to go along with the 75 decibel level, the outdoor loudspeakers and all commercial enterprises, no loudspeakers shall be located outside the confines of the building facade or patio yard footprint or be oriented in such a way that the face of the front of the loudspeaker points in the direction of any adjacent property. Yep. So that's, that was also written as part of this uh, part of this approval. Now you're asking, okay, well, that deals with everything outside. We've talked about all the loud noises that could be, all the things that are exempt, and all of the smaller items that you know people may not have been aware that were in there. What about indoor? So people play music very loudly indoors sometimes. We talked about a rock concert sure. in a stadium. Right. School dance. School dance. School dances. So indoor loudspeakers and all commercial enterprises, no loudspeakers shall be located beyond the interior walls of the building. We just talked about that. Okay. Or be oriented in such a way that the face or front of the loudspeaker points in the direction of any exterior door, window, or or other opening to the exterior of the building. So as long as you're facing your speakers to the middle of the room, you've got no problems. This provision shall not apply to permanently closed doors, windows, or emergency exits. So if you have to have a door that has to open for some reason, that's fine. Um, It says no loudspeaker shall have any opening on the back or side that projects sound, so you can't have it coming out all four directions. Loudspeakers shall be located in the interior of the building and must be located at a distance greater or equal to five feet from any exterior door, window, or other opening into the exterior. So as long as you have four walls, a roof, and are doing things with the speaker inside, you're not out of compliance with the uh, new code. Very interesting. Derek, it sounds like the most important um, tool or the most important thing for a band or anybody that's going to play in Hernando is now a tape measure. Five feet. I'm just five saying, feet. five feet Nature's from the ex- feet. interior wall, hey, and yeah, and you better get a hundred foot and walk out to the middle of the street and all that kind of stuff, and that's what's going, you know, kind of going on. Now, you can get special permits. So if you exactly. wanted your party or wedding or whatever on the square, off the square, to go t- and want to have some of it outdoors, go to 11 p.m. or midnight, you know, depending on when the wedding and that sort of thing, you can get a special permit. Any permit issued here under should be issued. It has, you have to have a written application that will be attached to the permit. Uh, the police chief is the one that grants it. And when you turn it in, you actually have to show how it does not harm people or that you have gotten, like you've actually, like what the crew of Hernando had to did, go to the, the people that live close to you and say, hey, you know, we're having this event. It's going to go late. Do you mind doing this? We promise we'll, you know, we'll do our best. We'll work with you, that sort of thing. And they can agree to it. Uh, the police have issuance of 10 days upon receipt of the completed signed application. They must either approve or deny. They have to give you 10 days to be able to do that. And then, of course, there's a lot of, you know, you have to put time of day, how long it's going to last. It's a one-day event. All that kind of stuff has to be included. Lastly, we want to talk about are the penalties, Matt. Now, this they kind of alluded to it during the meeting. They mentioned something that one city has a go straight to a thousand dollars, pretty harsh. But that's really all they said. They we, and we knew they weren't going to start there. But here are the penalties if you are in violation of the noise ordinance for businesses. The responsible party subject to penalties shall be the tenant or business owner or other individual associated with the business owner as defined under responsible party, which was on page two of this uh, ordinance. The ordinance does not apply to the property owner. So if it's, if it's a, a now, if, of course, if the business owner is the property owner, that's one thing. But if it's a tenant situation, then it does not apply to the property owner that is written in here. Upon conviction, if you're found guilty, you shall be fined a minimum of $100 and or sentences to serve 10 days in jail for the first or both for the first offense and shall be fined a minimum of $250 and or sentenced to serve 20 days in jail or both for the second offense and then shall be fined up to $1,000 and or sentenced to serve 30 days in jail or both for every offense after that. Derek, I don't think the fines uh, are, are, are very difficult, but the days in jail. Well, I mean, it's depending on what the judge, if he yeah, thinks sure. you are doing it on purpose or you, you know, uh, knowingly and willingly went outside just to, because you thought you could, yeah, he can throw you in there for 10, 20 or 30 days. We sat here for the last 5, 10, 15 minutes just joking around about the noise ordinance, but it is a really big deal. It's something that uh, affects close to our studios, Derek, uh, right here around this area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the people did a pretty good job on Tuesday night kind of talking, asking a couple of questions. Uh, one lady kind of got up and mentioned, hey, does the responsibility of decibel levels now – it now falls back on us seven nights a week to uh, you know figure out what how loud something is and so forth. So that was a good point. So it starts somewhere. This can kind of be a living document. That's how it works with cities and aldermen and stuff like that. This can be a little bit of a living document to kind of kind of move and, and go. You know, now that I just read that stuff on air, Derek, uh, 75 is pretty low. It's pretty low. It's pretty low. I, I mean, 
I don't think I've ever heard a band that would play at 75 levels. I mean, literally, I mean, really, when you amplify your music, you're going to go past 75 pretty quick. So this is going to be interesting, kind of how to follow and pay attention to this. And and so I know we've talked about it for quite a bit. So we appreciate you listening to us. It is amazing to me, Derek. The uh, podcast was actually actually mentioned in the Alderman meeting just it the was. other night. So we'll, we'll let you go and watch it on YouTube and figure out what part of that that was. So go watch it on YouTube. Again, Nestor and Gia Matheny are doing a wonderful, wonderful job with the YouTube uh, for the city Fernando. So the noise ordinance in the city of Fernando will take place, I believe, Derek, 30 days since that meeting. Uh, I think that right? what the city court said was it ha- they have to post it in the paper. Okay. okay. Uh, and they actually, I think it has to be a physical paper uh, according to the law, and then it will take place 30 days after that. So we're going to post it in the paper where seven people total still look at <laughs> well, papers. Well, they have to cut and paste it from the paper into it, Hernando happening. Right, exactly. That's when it go. becomes official. There you go. Seven people now uh, get, get the Minnesota Times <laughs> you know, newspaper or whatever. So those seven people, let's see how they feel about it. But anyway, Noise Ordinance in the city of Fernando. Thank you to the Board of Aldermen for listening to the town business, listening to those things, uh, doing what you're doing as far as on the, every, two Tuesdays a, a month. So we really appreciate it. Well, Derek, I think something we can all agree on, every single person at the Alderman meeting the other night can definitely agree on that the Hernando Farmer's Market is an absolute asset and a wonderful, wonderful thing right here for the city of Hernando. The Hernando Farmer's Market brings together the best of local food, artistry, and the agricultural traditions of the Mid-South. It's a place to shop, it's a place to gather, but more importantly, it's a rare chance to experience the simplicity of a Mississippi small town. It is truly a fresh, local experience. For more information about the Farmer's Market, you can reach out to Gia Matheny at 449-9092. That's 449-9092. The Hernando Farmer's Market, which we will mention in just one second, will be taking this Saturday off. It will be taking this Saturday off for our first DeSoto County shout-out. I'll mention in just a second. So there will not be a Hernando Farmer's Market this week. The Hernando Farmer's Market actually has recently welcomed three meat farmers to the market. Brown Dairy Farms out of Oxford, Kendall Cattle Beef out of Barton, Arkansas, and Rickman's Meat Company out of Corinth. They have everything from fillets, bone-in ribeyes, baby back and spare ribs, sausages, tons of roast, and you can even purchase a quarter, half, or whole cow. Derek, that's amazing what you can do at the Hernando Farmer's Market each and every Saturday. Just take Elsie home. Just, just take her home. I'm not. Well, it's not a real cow. You oh, can't okay. take the okay, real sorry. cow home. Actually, a half cow. That would probably make the uh, paper. That would probably make the paper <laughs> if you took the half cow home. But look, we joke around, but we really, really appreciate the Hernando Farmer's Market taking this Saturday off. But the Hernando Farmer's Market is every Saturday morning from May 1st through October right here on the historic Hernando Square. North Point Christian School is coming close to the end of the first nine weeks, but still looking for prospective students. Come and see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. North Point is honored to have been voted DeSoto's best middle school and DeSoto's best high school last year by the DeSoto Times Tribune. Come and see why they have been voted best. Please contact Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5127, 662-349-5127, or email her at s-s-h-e-r-o-n at ncstrojans.com and schedule your personal tour. Don't delay. Call today. North Mississippi Dumpsters is a local small business offering service seven days a week. They currently operate in DeSoto, Marshall, Tate, and Tunica counties. They offer 13 and 20-yard roll-off dumpsters that you can put right in your driveway for cleanup in your attic, bedrooms, closets, anything like that. Joe and his team can deliver a dumpster straight to you. In addition to the dumpster rentals, they are now offering junk removal and new construction cleanup. Their junk removal package means they will deliver, load, and haul away your debris. New construction cleanup is great for residential contractors. They will deliver your dumpster, clean up the site, haul off the debris, and do a final interior cleaning. It is a one-stop shop for your construction project. Reach out to Joe and his team at 901-299-0916. But the best thing to do is to look on their website, desotodumpsters.com, for pricing, booking, Pick up anything you need to know about North Mississippi Dumpsters is right there on their website, DeSotoDumpsters.com. Well, we are recording this on Thursday afternoon, but it is our Friday show, which means we turn our attention to the DeSoto County shoutouts, and we'll lead with a very large one happening in the city of Fernando this coming Saturday will be the Water Tower Festival, Derek. It's the 18th annual Water Tower Festival, Derek. Tell us about it. 
Uh, it is the 18th annual. It will start tomorrow, September 25th at 9 a.m. So tomorrow, September 25th at 9 a.m. Come to the square for crafts and vendor booths, live music, car shows, barbecue contest, and a free kid zone. This is uh, sponsored by Legacy New Homes. And again, just a wonderful time. This is you know basically akin to the A-Fair. Uh, that this is the, the fall version, kind of a, a maybe slightly smaller than the A-Fair, but akin to the A-Fair. Holy hope that come, it's going to be beautiful weather this weekend, Matt. I mean, unbelievable yep. weather. Could not ask for it. I think Gia ordered it. She yep. always does. Chamber of Commerce weather. Literally Chamber of Commerce weather. So just really looking forward to it. Visit HernandoMississippi.org, HernandoMS.org, the Chamber of Commerce's website to, uh, you know, Find out more information, but really hope to have a large crowd tomorrow, September 25th at 9 a.m. on the historic Town Square. Our next shout-out was just sent to us earlier this week. Come out and support the Hernando High School baseball team Friday, October 1st for the 15th annual Patrick Taylor Memorial Golf Tournament at Wedgwood Golf and Country Club in Olive Branch. 8.30 a.m. registration, 9.30 a.m. shotgun start. It is a four-man scramble, $400 per team. The entry fee includes green fees, cart fees, and lunch. For more information, contact any baseball player, any baseball player parent. There will be prizes for first place, second place, hole-in-one, closest to the pin, door prizes, and also longest drive. The final entry deadline, this is the important part, final entry deadline is September 27th. Make checks payable to Hernando Baseball Booster Club, You can contact Corey Smith at 901-550-5731. Again, 901-550-5731 or Coach Laird directly at 601-750-7940. Again, the 15th annual Hernando Baseball Patrick Taylor Memorial Golf Tournament right around the corner. Matt, the next event we have is the Water Tower 10K, which will be held on October 9th, just off the Hernando Square. So Saturday, October 9th at 8 a.m., just off the Hernando Square. Still time to sign up. Uh, In fact, if you go to the website uh, at runsignup.com, just type in the Hernando Water Tower 10K. You have 15 days, 19 hours, 2 minutes, and right now 34 seconds to sign up. Uh, It is a 10K race around beautiful Hernando, very hilly, very uh, really a challenging course uh, that goes all the way through several neighborhoods and finishes up uh, just, uh, I guess, just west of the square right there on Elm Street. So again, just a great event. All the money goes to the Excel by Five, uh, the Dolly Parton Foundation uh, to buy books for underprivileged kids. And so just a great way to support that and also a great way to get some uh, exercise. So again, the Water Tower 10K Saturday, October 9th, just off the Hernando Square. As we turn the page when it comes to the fall weather, we definitely want to start thinking about October 31st. Halloween will be here before you know it, and Hernando is going to get the jump when it comes to trick-or-treating. The Hernando Main Street Chamber of Commerce, partnering with Connection Gymnastics, will have Halloween off the square. Saturday, October 16th, between 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock, at the DeSoto County Administration Building parking lot. This will not be on the square. Again, this will be at the DeSoto County Administration Building parking lot. Trunk or treating for ages 12 and under. 12 and under. If you have a cell phone, don't come trying to trick or treat, okay? <laughs> I mean, that's where we are. I mean, if you're, th- if you're 13, 14 years old, just let your little sister or little brother go. The DeSoto County Administration Building parking lot, Saturday, October 16th, 3 to 5. Again, put on by the Hernando Main Street Chamber of Commerce and Connection Gymnastics. For more information, you can call 429-9055 to talk with someone at the chamber. Finally, Matt, the uh, last shout-out we want to give, we already alluded to, the inaugural Crew Boo Fun Run, which will be held on Saturday, October 30th at 9 a.m. at the Milton Kirkendall Park. This will consist of basically the we're going to do a one-mile run around the block, so basically Vaden Road, South Street, um, and then also on Mount Pleasant, we do a one-lap, a one-block lap around uh, where the track is located, finishing on the track. Uh, all participants will get medals. Uh, we will also have moon bounces, face painting, uh, all the wonderful items so please you'll see more information coming out about that but we wanted to go ahead and announce that and uh, all the proceeds will benefit the library we were not able to have our annual fundraiser uh, the crew of Fernando excuse me was not able to have their annual fundraiser this year um, and because of that we are trying to do smaller things uh, throughout this year to be able to uh, give to the um, 
entities that we usually give to. And so the library is very important to us. Um, if you go to the library, a lot of times if you open a children's book, you'll see a crew of Hernando sticker on the inside. That was a book that we donated and we're very proud of that. And uh, just wanted, this is, allows us to do that. It allows us to buy more books, more DVDs, uh, more uh, children's activities for the library. So please come out and support it. It's uh, $30, uh, $30 a child to be able to do that. So look for more information as it come out. But we hope to see you all Saturday, October 30th at 9 a.m. at the Milton Kirkendall Park. And please, they can walk, ride, bike, whatever you want to, but make sure they have a costume. We That's want to it. see all the children's costumes. So just looking forward to a great day. Derek, we joked around about it in our meetings. We were trying to figure out if we were going to have this event. It's fairly simple. In the world of social media, Instagram, all that type of stuff, we really feel like it's going to be an absolute dream. If the weather's right, yeah. on that Saturday morning, before football gets started, before college football gets played that day, 9 a.m. to 12 o'clock, it's just going to be a really, really good opportunity. Put kids in costumes, raise money for the library. That's the most important part. It'll be a day full of and all about the kids between 9 and 12 for the inaugural Crew Boo Fun Run, which if you say that really fast, it's not very easy. So, well, Derek, before we get started, talking about the football picks that are sure to go wrong for your, yours truly over here for Matt to mess up, podcast is brought to you by Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local State Farm provider. They are located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and longtime resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for life, home, auto, and business. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam, Sherry, Angie or Jennifer at 429-5213. That's 429-5213. Or find more information on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419, again 662-892-8419, or visit them on their website at greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. With all of our talk about noise ordinances, Derek, I'm, I'm th- sitting here reading that ad, thinking about the ad for William Services, which uh, he does everything he does, tree trimming, <laughs> chainsaws, leaf blowers, mowers, uh, flies right past these 75. Well, but just don't do it between 9 p.m. and exactly. 6 a.m. I guess He's so. I guess that's done. what it is. He's got to pay attention to the noise ordinance now when it comes to operating his business. What a great business it is. William Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. As I mentioned, leaf removal, tree trimming, fall cleanups, gate repair, fence repair, grading of your property. No job too small, no job too large. If you have any needs on the outside of your home or commercial building, you definitely want to call Richard and his team. You can find them at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or you can find more information about Richard and his team on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures, as well as Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology, such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process and the end result. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239.
Before we move on, Derek, let's give a quick shout out to uh, a friend of the podcast, Dr. Bryant Trotter. We mentioned the crew of Fernando. Bryant Trotter is the current president. Uh, and also, like you mentioned, DeSoto Family Dental Care, local dentist, just a great, great guy. And uh, he's living his best life right now, Derek, in Orlando uh, at Legoland. Matt, that, that, that may be his best life. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm glad that I'm not in Orlando at Legoland. Right I got now. you. So down, <laughs> down in Orlando at Legoland and stuff and, and, and doing that. So shout out to the Trotters. Uh, I do love Orlando, but Legoland is a lot. It, it, um, I've never been. Have you ever been to Legoland? I, I went to one of the small ones. Like when they used to, like, I think some malls used to have them on like the second or third floor or whatever. That we went into a small version of one. But I can't imagine the size of the Orlando Legoland. Uh, me, same here. Uh, I, we tried to go, but we couldn't piece it together. Nah. Oh, but there we go. Before we move on to our pigskins, we're going to talk a little volleyball, give a quick update on the volleyball teams that we cover, uh, some quick scores. we got a lot going on volleyball-related this week. Derek, tell us about it before we talk about the three games in football. Okay, so volleyball, now there are, again, we are taping this on Thursday afternoon. There are huge games tonight. Actually, two of the teams that we cover play each other, Lewisburg and Hernando, will be playing tonight, as well as the Lady uh, Trojans will be facing South Haven, and we'll talk about that in just a second. In volleyball, the North Point Lady Trojans faced on Tuesday the FACS Lady Crusaders with the winner taking home the district title. Both teams were undefeated in district heading into the game, and everyone expected the match to go all five sets. However, the Lady Trojans swept the Lady Crusaders in three sets, 25-9, 25-19, 25-19. The Lady Trojans set the tone early with the dominant 25-9 first set victory and was able to carry that over for the next two sets. With the win, the Lady Trojans win the district and will host the regional tournament starting next weekend, October 1st. The next match was last night, which was senior night at, uh, at the school against South Haven High School, and we will report that to you on Tuesday. Uh, and then speaking of South Haven, the Hernando Lady Tigers faced the Lady Chargers this week on Tuesday and were just as dominant in their match. They got a huge district win, 3-0, with the scores being 25-12, 25-15, 25-15. Jaden Moore led the team with six aces. Anna Claire Callum had the most kills with nine. Wolf led the team in blocks. And Riley topped the stat sheet with eight digs. The Tigers' next match, again, was last night, a huge district matchup against the Lewisburg Lady Patriots, who did not play earlier this week. And so we will report that on Tuesday, but you know has huge implications, obviously, for district. Starting to wrap up, you know, getting toward the end of the seasons, getting ready to set up the, the playoff seating. So uh, we'll have all that for you on Tuesday. Everything's coming together. It's hard to believe that a, a season's starting to wrap up, you know, now and get into playoffs and, and so forth. But, uh, you know, we're coming up on the end of nine weeks from mm-hmm. school starting back. So uh, just congratulations to those young ladies as they continue to fight hard in the volleyball ranks here uh, locally for DeSoto County. More than likely, some uh, whether it be 5A, 6A, the state title will go through DeSoto County. Oh, always strong every year. Really, really good. Glad that, I'm really glad that we started to learn and pay attention to that. Uh, we get some good information when it comes to volleyball. So just a reminder, our high school sports coverage is brought to you each and every week, twice a week, by Mobile Car and Van Rental, located right here in Hernando, 2571 McCracken, basically the corner of Commerce and McCracken, cars, pickup trucks, vans, cargo vans, passenger vans, you name it, we'd certainly try and like to help you. Mobile car and van rental, if you have a need, if you have an insurance issue, if if you have a car that's broken down for a week, a month, we can work on a daily rental, weekly rental, monthly rental. Just give Megan the manager a call at 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. If you can hear my voice, please don't drive to the airport to rent a car anymore. Give mobile car and van rental a call to help you out. Let's move on to our football picks, and I'll go ahead and get three wrong, and we'll move on. It is homecoming time for North Point Christian School, and actually their first home game. So this is a really big deal. It literally is a homecoming. Now that I think about it, it's a homecoming. It's a homecoming since last season. You're right, Matt. Uh, The North Point Trojans, who are 1-3, 0-0, will face for their homecoming opponent, the Millington Central Trojans, 2-3, 1-1. Uh, the North Point Trojans, of course, are coming off an unexpected bye week, uh, and they are ready to play, uh, get back on the field to face the Militant Central Trojans. And I apologize, I do have to use both teams because they're both Trojans. Yep. The, uh, the North Point Trojans are averaging 52 points a game on offense, but are unfortunately giving up more on defense. They have used the two weeks to change up the defensive scheme, and we'll see how it holds up before they start district next week. 
The Milligan Trojans are two and three, coming off a twenty to thirteen district loss to Bolton. They are led by sophomore uh, Pugh at quarterback and senior Barnes at running back. These two teams last played in 2019, with Millington Central getting the victory 31-28 due to a last-minute interception by the Trojans as they were driving for the win. So, Matt, we got a 1-3 versus a 2-3 Trojan versus Trojan. Did the uh, change in defensive scheme include an open tryout? <laughs> <laughs> I do not know about that. <laughs> Just I, I do know I think they went from like a four-two-five to a three-three. Okay. Uh, so to a three-three, what would that three-three-five? Six. Three-three-three three, three, three plus three equals six. Is that three-point-three? So a three-three-five. Two plus two, four-two-five. Are you telling me two plus two plus two or one plus? They went from a four-two-five defense to a three-three defense, uh, trying to give a little more looks from the linebacker coming down on the ball. Uh, they are were pushing people uh, actually. Slanting their ends in, probably going to be looping them a little more okay, out now. There we go. Uh, just a lot of stuff they've been working on. So, again, we'll see if it works out. Really looking forward to the game tonight. Uh, tonight. It should be a beautiful night. Cannot wait for You know, homecoming week is always a huge week. All the kids are excited. So, not much schooling going on on Friday. Uh, just a lot of parades and powder puff football games and uh, pep rallies. So, it should be a great day for the kids and just really looking forward to the uh, homecoming game tonight. Sounds like a lot of fun for sure. Uh, let's go. So, mascot, Trojan versus Trojan. We're just going to say it's a draw. It's yeah, a draw. It has to be a draw. Trojan versus yeah. Trojans going to be in the mascot. Derek, I'm serious, guys. If you go back and listen to them, I've picked very poorly. So I'm really scared of what I'm going to pick. Derek, I'm going to go with the Trojans to win. I knew you were going to say that. I knew, I literally <laughs> I'm going to go with that. No, seriously. I will go with the North Point Trojans to get a homecoming victory. You know what? Stop that. Stop that. I don't believe in changing midstream. Things aren't working. You change midstream. I, I got to go with the Trojans out of Millington. I think I think they're going to get it done tonight because it is really hard to change your defense four games into the season. I, I, no, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. There's a there was an issue. They're trying to address the issue. We'll see if it works. Uh, we have the first district game, St. George's at home next week. So really hope they can fix something. I mean, I know I feel certain they can score with Millington Central. We'll see if the defense can hold up. Uh, as you mentioned, we're doing this. We're taping this on Thursday. We're referencing the game Friday. Um, I've got family members coming to town. Really excited about it. I think there's going to be a huge home crowd. Yep. I really you – know, there's no – there's not going to be wet fields. No, nothing like that will be an issue. I just think they're going to outscore them. I, I'm not saying the defense okay. is going to work. I'm going to say this is going to be a very high-scoring game. The Trojans have had three of those now. They've been on the losing end of three of those uh, – all three of the high-scoring games, I guess, with both teams. You know, the one win they have, they killed the team. But uh, uh, three of those uh, losses all were high-scoring by both sides. It's finally time they win one of those. Uh, I, I'm going to say that they win by like seven or ten over the Millington Central Trojans. Scoring is not an issue for the North Point Trojans at all. So look forward to that. The scheme is right on offense. So we've got to figure out the defense is the issue. Like I said, I'm going to pick Millington Central to win tonight against the North Point Trojans. I uh, wish your son and all the kids uh, nothing but the best uh, luck. I think my son's going to try and make it up to the game as well. A uh, good friend with, with yours. So good luck to number 62, Bo Big Lane, uh, his final homecoming game for the North Point Trojans for sure. Let's head on down. Uh, down, get well. Go east, Lewisburg, Derek. What's Lewisburg doing this week when it comes to football? Lewisburg one and two, zero and zero versus the Center Hill Mustangs. Okay, one and two, zero and zero. So similar records. Center Hill now in district. Right, this is now a district game. First district game. So Lewisburg is also coming off a bye, a forty to twelve loss to Kosciuszko. They face you know Center Hill as we mentioned, the first district game of the year, and they're coming off a very tough loss to Little Rock Christian Academy, fifty nine to nothing at home. Now, if you want to hear more about that game, go to our brother podcast, OB Pod. Uh, interviewed the coach, kind of talked about it. He's ready to move on. This is the start of the next season, district starting. So he kind of sees it as a clean slate. You can kind of learn from your mistakes and move on. Uh, Lewisburg is young, uh, working to establish the new system with their new coach and, and, and you know, trying to take on his mindset. And Center Hill is dealing with the loss of several good players from last year's team who have moved on to Carville again. Explanation for that, you can listen to the OB Pod. Uh, and injuries. They've had some, several injuries this year. Neither coach is looking for excuses and expects to start the district season with a victory. So, Matt, who do you have between the Lewisburg Patriots and their Center Hill Mustangs? Okay, so Patriots and the Mustangs are actually work closely. They work well together. However, they don't work uh, when it comes to a mascot battle. Uh, again, we talk about it all the time. Patriot uh, is going to have that, that going to have that musket. He's going to have the musket first. He's going to be able to, you know, he's going to have a, a bayonet type thing or whatever. Uh, I'm going to go with the Patriot over the Mustang. Uh, horse is going to get tired, all that kind of stuff, running around in the cage. He gets tired. Patriot, boom, done. I think it's going to be closer than you expect, though, because, you know, he takes that first shot. He's got to reload. If he doesn't hit, if he doesn't kill okay, the horse yes, that first yes, shot, yes. the horse is going to be furious. <laughs> you know, it's not like it's a, you know, two acre lot where you can just run. The horse is going to come at you. 
you know, I, I think it could be close. I do think eventually, right, the bayonet, he starts hitting him with the musket or whatever, that the horse does eventually go down. But I think it's going to take some time. Uh, just like I think this game is going to be the same way, man. I think it's going to be uh, – I do pick the Patriot as the mascot battle. I think the game is going to be close. I think it's going to be a hard fault. These kids know each other. Uh, basically, it's the same town. They're all pulling for Olive Branch mostly. Um, so I really think that um, – you know, uh, both looking for their first victory, looking to get to 500. I'm going to go, Matt, I'm going to lean a little bit. I'm going to go with the Patriots. I'm going to go with the Patriots for this game. Uh, I know that our OB pod listener are probably going to be a little upset with me. Uh, I just think that they, you know, they don't, you know, they, they're on a bye week. I think they're able to scout a little bit. I think Center Hill, not saying they're not going to come off fighting. That's a tough, tough loss, tough pill to swallow. They're going to come out fighting hard. I think the Patriots, though, have a little more firepower and pull this one out. Lewisburg at home. Lewisburg at home by 10, 10 to 12. Lewisburg is going to win that game, 10 to 12 points. Now let's set our sights under the water tower right here. The Hernando Tigers, I mentioned I traveled up to Lausanne last Friday uh, for a loss there. One and three on the season. Coming back under the water tower. Just going to be a really, really electric crowd. Uh, my daughter's actually cheering. Our six-year-old daughter went to a cheer camp last oh, week. Nice. And so she will be there. That will kind of be the kickoff there. They're going to do a little dance and cheer and stuff like that. Probably look like around 45, 50 girls, okay. young ladies. Uh, so shout out to the Hernando Cheer Squad for that, hosting that. My daughter, uh, Heather... Heather actually joked around that uh, Evelyn thanked her for signing her up to go to the cheer squad. So nice. uh, to get a thank you out of Evelyn is a big deal. Must have been a big <laughs> thing. So a uh, shout out to the Hernando High School cheerleaders for doing that. We really, really appreciate it. So when you're hearing the show, it'll be tonight. The uh, Around 530, we have to drive, drop her off at 530, but, but the pregame will consist of the girls from that cheerleading squad. So really looking forward to that. But the Hernando Tigers, one and three. Tell us about what's coming to Hernando. All right, Hernando Tigers 1 and 3 0 and 0 versus the South Panola Tigers 2 and 1 0 and 0. Hernando is coming off of course the loss to Lausanne, uh, where they jumped out to the 27 21 to 7 lead only to lose 53-28. Uh, they're looking to rebound by playing the perennial 6A power South Panola Tigers. Hernando beat South Panola for the first time ever in school history last year in the first round of the playoffs. South Panola is coming off a 24-20 win over Clarksdale, and their only loss of the year is to Oxford due to a COVID forfeit. So they're 2-1, tw- and one, but the one loss is a COVID forfeit. South Panola is led by junior quarterback number three, Hubbard, who has 267 yards passing and four touchdowns in two games. And South Panola's have several players who carry the rock and have 185 yards on the ground, showing a very balanced offense. Hernando should be able to score with the Tigers, with the South Panola Tigers, and I look for a hard-fought close game tonight under the water tower, Matt, and I'm going to pick the Hernando Tigers because, well, I mean, I'm assuming the mascot's a draw, Tiger versus a Tiger. Yes, Tiger versus Tiger, yes. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Hernando Tigers to win this game. I'm going to say that they beat them two times in a row. Well, look, that's a very – I mean, you know, beating South Panola twice in a row is going to be a tough feat for sure. Uh, we'll be there pulling them, pulling for them. Uh, really looking forward to tonight, to the game. Should be, again, hopefully a really, really big crowd uh, with this gorgeous weather. Uh, you know, probably put a little jacket on tonight, Derek, oh, that yeah. type of stuff, long sleeve. Definitely some fall weather, which we call, you know, football weather in this area. Derek, I got to be honest with you, though. The Hernando Tigers struggle a bit against the run. If Sal Panola commits to the run, whether Hernando scores pretty well early on, if they'll commit to the run, it's going to be a long night for the Hernando Tigers. It's just tough. Same thing that Lausanne did. Uh, Hernando came out on fire, which I look for tonight. Hernando, as long as number 11, Zach Wilkie, is leading the Tigers, uh, he can spin it, man. He's a really, really good high school quarterback. So look for some scoring, but I really feel like South Panella Tigers are probably going to pull this one out, again, maybe by 14 to 20 points. Kind of the opposite of what you said last week or what we did last week, so i got to try and get one back. Good luck tonight to all the teams. The North Point Trojans, as they sell Celebrate homecoming, first home game of the year. The Patriots as they host the Mustangs and the Hernando Tigers as they host Sal Panola. Let's be good hosts tonight and, uh, you know, really, really looking forward to a great night. What a wonderful town we live in. And part of that is Friday night football for sure. And Matt, uh, just actually got an email uh, as we're doing this podcast. Speaking of Hernando, speaking of uh, nights, uh, the Monsters, Inc. movie night was moved to tomorrow night, Saturday night. It was canceled last week because of the rain, all the rain that came in and settled in. They have now moved it. Uh, it was postponed till tomorrow night, September 25th at 7.15 p.m. There's free admissions down at the Milton Kirkendall Park, literally hot off the press. So, again, be able to go out there. If you were planning to go last week, you can have a fun-filled day at the uh, at the 
Water Tower Festival, and then go home, watch your kids take a nap, and then go back for the movie tomorrow night, 7.15 p.m., Milton Kirkland All Park. Derek, those are the type of things that you and I love to read about, love to advertise, because we live in such an awesome, awesome town right here in Hernando, Mississippi. If you enjoy what we do each week, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. Wherever you listen to our show, please give us a five-star review. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Simply go to that provider. Give us a five-star review so we can continue to move up when it comes to local podcasts. If you like our show, as Derek has referenced a few times in the last few moments, find OB Pod. That stands for Olive Branch. OB Pod covering Lewisburg, Olive Branch, and Center Hill when it comes to high school athletics, but definitely talks a lot about the eastern side of DeSoto County. OB Pod. On our Friday show, we always encourage people to go to church. Go to church this Sunday. If you're thinking about visiting a church, find their Facebook page, find their different service times, and please, please, please take your family to church this weekend. I promise you, you will not regret it. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. Here's to a long line. Sinners like me. I come from a long line of sinners like me